Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm dreary today. Dreary. I'm, I'm very dreary. Not because I am dreary, but it is dreary outside, and I had to work from home for this afternoon because the exterminators were coming. Oh, did they get it? Uh, yeah, no, uh, we just, we have... um. Since I, I, I've repeated this before on the pod, I, I live next, like right next to a park. Mm. Like I can throw rocks at people walking on the path if I wanted to. Do you? Uh, if I wanted to. Do you? But there's fire ants out there and it's nature. So I'm not out here trying to stop them from, you know, doing their fire ant thing. I just don't want them to do their fire ant thing where I pay taxes. So the exterminators came and yeah. Ants are v- notorious for not paying taxes. <laughs> They're communists. Fire ants in particular, <laughs> no property taxes. They're exempt for some reason. Uh, it's I can't it's a little bull is what it is. Yeah. I can't. I mean, why why them? There's millions of them. Right? There are. Just out there, just being ants. Have we just taxed the ants? <laughs> Solve so many problems. Exactly. Look how much land we would reclaim if we evicted them. So, Evicted but yeah, how about, <laughs> how about you, buddy? How's your day going? Fantastic. Fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Getting things ready for the new house, doing a little furniture shopping. Mm. Yeah, that's not gone well. Nothing is in stock. You know what you should do is buy vintage furniture. From where? Uh, there's this place downtown. Yeah, the problem is I don't want vintage furniture. I want modern furniture. I'm looking at well, stuff it's with mid, metal in it's it. It's mid-century modern, so oh, that means look. it was made in the 50s, so it's got that super 50s aesthetic. But A, it's probably cheaper. B, it already exists, so you're not worsening your carbon footprint. And C, if something happens to it, it's fine. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. So, I had my mind set, my heart set on this particular dining room set, mm. and I found it. Locally, I can order it and it'll get delivered in January. <laughs> I found it online; it'll get delivered in December. But I pay like three hundred more dollars, three hundred fifty more dollars, and I don't know that company, so I'm probably going to go with the local people. I mean, I don't need a dining room set. Like, yeah. I'm trying to. I was trying to expand so that I could have holidays at my house. Right, right. Yeah. It's not working out. I, I'm also like restricted myself. I very much. I'm not just going out and getting the first set that this will work. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm getting this style, not these styles. Uh, I want counter height, you know, that type of thing, uh, which does restrict me quite a bit. So I know that a lot of that's my fault and the rest of it's just, you know, my inability to create my own furniture. <laughs> well, if you do head to this place downtown, they actually had near identical replicas of those chairs that McCoy and mm. Kirk sit in in Rathacon when they're talking about mortality i'm not i'm not joking yeah because i remember se- i remember seeing them and i was like wow these look really familiar and then i showed my wife and she's like are those the chairs from wrath and sure enough we oh, watched wow. it and they were that's the like, first cool thing the, your wife's ever done definitely the leather i think was a slightly different mm-hmm. color but it shapes shape wise i can't buy leather so oh well they're not there anymore this was like two years ago oh. what i'm saying is they might have some furniture that you might sure like. sure so sorry i'm morally opposed to owning leather that's fine I mean, they're already dead. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, a vintage would be a little different than buying modern furniture, like something that's freshly made. I asked a mutual friend of ours who's very against leather because she's anti-killing animals, which is cool. I asked her if she raised a cow from the day it was born and fed it 
took care of it and it died of old age, would she then make furniture or clothing out of that cow, like as a tribute? Yeah. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be snarky. I wasn't trying Just to, curious. Like, yeah. you know, pop the loophole or try to like, oh, I gotcha, vegan. But <laughs> she told me she didn't know how to answer the question. So, oh, that's a good answer. I mean, until you've done yeah. it, right? Because on the one hand, use every part of the earth. On the other, and then on the other hand, it's your pet. Would you do yeah. that? Would you turn your dog into a rug? You know, like that's the same type of question. Like, would you wear the carcass of your pet? It's a horrible question, Chris. You're kind of a jerk for asking. <laughs> Here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, we watch and review straight to stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent media. You wouldn't know that if you just tune in for the first three minutes. <laughs> but here we are. Chris. Yes, my friend. What did we watch? We watched the final movie in the Mythica saga. Mythica colon the God Slayer. Oh, nice. Hit me with that blurb. As the Lich King's zombie legions ravage the world, a cursed young sorceress and her friend Dagon, comma, a self-serving half-elf rogue, comma, embark on a quest to obtain a weapon from the gods. Nice. I have a different blurb. I believe that was the IMDb blurb you just read. It was, in fact. The Amazon Prime blurb slash IMDb TV blurb, which is where I watched this, states... The fifth and final movie of the Mythica Saga. As the Lich King's zombie legions ravage the world, Merrick embarks on a quest to, uh, to, blah, blah, to obtain a weapon of the gods. That blah, blah, that was me. I, I freestyled there. Mm. But okay. when she joins her sworn enemy in a desperate attempt to save the world, she must recover the good in herself before her friends are all dead and defeat the Lich King before the gods are destroyed and the world forever enslaved. Wow. Hmm. I didn't pre-read that, obviously, before reading it. And that that gives away the goat there, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, um, to be fair, I think that's kind of been the it's kind of been the gist all along, is that your boy Zorlock wants her to join him. So Mythic of the God Slayer was released November 2016. I don't think we talked about it before, but these movies were all released in less than 24 months from each other. Was it that December, quick? December 14, June 15, December 15, May 16, November 16. Well, it's so, interesting on IMDb, on, not on IMDb, on Amazon Prime, it actually states the year is 2017 for this last movie. I wonder if it was released to like, you know how they do like two release dates, like one for mm -hmm. the festival it was released at and then one for the wider mm -hmm. release. So I wonder if that last one maybe took a few extra months. Who knows? Let's look at Aerostorm Entertainment's website. Good old Aerostorm Entertainment. Not <laughs> uh, their website, the not God super Slayer. helpful unless you're looking for some low budget fantasy films. <laughs> uh, uh, no indication. No indication. So to give away some facts here, Mythic of the God Slayer on IMDb is sitting at 5.6 out of 10 stars with 1300 reviews. Just to quickly compare that to the previous movies. The first film, Mythica Quest for Heroes, is sitting at 5.7 with 7,100 uh, ratings. Mythica the Dark Spore, 5.5 with 5,600. Mythica the Necromancer, 5.5 with 2,900. Mythica the Iron Crown, 5.5 with one uh, with 1,500. And then Mythica the Godslayer, 5.6 with 1,300. So as, as you would expect, they get less and less reviews as they go. They stay 
fairly solid. Like they're all 5.5, 5.6, 5.7. So they, they stay supposedly at a very solid quality level. If y'all are new to the podcast, we have reviewed the previous movies. I think it's our third episode ever is Mythica yes. Quest for Heroes. If you want to listen to the whole, to us talk about the whole saga, feel free to go back. We're a little rough around the edges, but that's okay. You can check those out. And we might actually, you know, when I tweet this out, or when we tweet this out, we should link all of the episodes. We should give everyone a like an artificial playlist for the Mythica series. I don't know if I would consider it rough around the edges as much as it is just a slightly different format. Oh, no. It was our third format. episode ever. We hadn't even released anything when we recorded it. it was It's rough around the edges. We're new at it. It's not a bad thing. Well, no. What I meant is if you go back and listen to it, faithful viewers who are not... OG listeners, mm. when you listen to that episode, you're going to be like, hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an hour and 40 minutes. It is much longer. Yeah. We did uh, we did previously, uh, up until some point about a year ago, do pretty detailed plot breakdowns that we found were kind of useless. Uh, so it's just a little bit of a different format. Whatever. We've grown, yes. as has the Mythica series. The Mythica yeah. saga could be seen as a metaphor for the sci-fi wise guys. <laughs> Speaking of metaphors, 71% audience score based on less than 50 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, There is nothing on Metacritic. However, 72% of Google users liked this movie. Okay. Coming in strong. 64% on Just Watch, which is a new thing that I literally just discovered. Just Watch. Yeah. And then it is marked as 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Interesting. On Amazon Prime, which links you now to IMDb TV, which is their free, basically mm-hmm. their free streaming service, but it has ads. It is sitting at 4.2 out of five stars. Very solid. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have any more facts to give, Chris. Why don't you mm-hmm. give us your initial thoughts and opinions? I like this movie. We made references at several points throughout our different episodes that I think at some point we one of the one of the unused titles for one of the first two or three movies was in fact called Budget Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure if that still applies because I think actually this movie ends... I'm I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I feel like this is how Game of Thrones should have ended. Oh, wow. <laughs> just a big epic event. You know, spoilers in 3, 2, 1. If you haven't watched the movie, go watch it. We get the deaths of main characters. One of them goes through a major referation. She's no longer who she's supposed to be or who she was. We tie up a lot of loose ends, some really kind of happy endings, really, really good. But I didn't expect this movie to actually end the way it did. And what I mean by that is I didn't think it was going to be good. I think that you are on record with your, I don't want to use the word distaste, but I think the Iron Crown was your least favorite of the previous four that we had watched. Correct. The Iron Crown. By a large margin, yes. I just, I didn't anticipate a bounce back, um, <laughs> but they did. They managed to do so. I I think this movie ended really well. I had a lot of fun watching it. I wouldn't even necessarily say that there's Easter eggs, but I think that they tie a lot of ribbons. I really liked this movie. I thought that they did what we suggested, which is if you're not going to have really well choreographed fight scenes, don't have them. <laughs> or don't have them a lot. <laughs> yes. I think there was only really one instance where I was like, mm, eh, 
Uh, and that was when I think Thane stabs a guy, or I think it's a zombie. Like he stabs them from the side, but it somehow comes out their back, like right in the middle. There's a few of that, like where the camera is behind them. So the sword or yeah. the knife is obviously not going through them, but they're pretending it is instead of using yeah, yeah, CGI. I, yeah. I think the, the choreography for what it's worth was better during Thane's fight scenes. And then with your boy Dagon, they just had him run away. <laughs> just every time he was about to engage in a fight, he's like, I'm just going to run. Yeah, that's cool. Shoots a few arrows, runs away. Yeah. So Okay. How about yourself? I'd have to agree. I was not... I liked this series. I thought that every movie in the first three movies got better than the previous one. And then the last two movies were filmed at the same time. They were filmed... I don't, when they say filmed at the same time, I don't know if that means back to back or you know how production, they don't film movies chronologically, so they could have easily been filming them literally at the same time. And it has, I believe, like a new, a new director. The last movie was kind of goofy, didn't have a lot of sets. I, actually, my first one of my first notes for this movie is that in the first 10 minutes, we get more sets than we did <laughs> in the entire fourth movie, The Iron Crown. I'm trying to stop myself from talking about The Iron Crown, the fourth movie, because I don't understand. Like, it's it's such an outlier in tone and in pace and choreography you've already mentioned. The God Slayer is 100% a bounce back in every single way. It does have a darker tone. It is the finale. Things are more dire than they've ever been. They do wrap up all of our characters' stories. There's not a single thread left. Maybe, well, there's one minor thread left open. <laughs> At the end of the credits, <laughs> but it's it's not a it's not a major character, a yeah. main character in any way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was very happy to did, see it. <laughs> did not expect post credit scene. <laughs> no, did not. Especially well, like I'm watching the credits, and then Mercer Matt Mercer's cry starts happening again. I was like, "Ooh, are they going to tease the return of Zorlock? Are we going to get more movies?" No, no, we're not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe, but not with this main story. So I just want to point out. Iron Crown and the Godslayer, same director, yes, same writers, yeah. So, which is why I did not have a lot of faith in the Godslayer yeah. going into it. Well, I mean, just we talked about how the tone was different, and this movie I think really course corrects back into what the first three movies were trying to do. Yes, I think it pivots really well. And it's not if y'all are thinking about watching these movies, and you should because they're they're excellent fantasy. They're fun. They're very well paced. Yeah, I'm, I talked some crap about the fourth movie. It's still worth watching and it still progresses the plot. You couldn't skip it and figure out what's going on very easily. Overall, I think this is my favorite movie in the Mythica series. I don't know if it's how Game of Thrones should have ended because I gave up on it way before it ended. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is it, they, they managed to finish a story without yes. like completely ruining the other four movies. Oh, absolutely. Nothing feels rushed. Everything yeah. feels like planned. This was the plan. Everyone's story has a as an ending, happy or not, or bittersweet or not. Everyone's progressed. It's good. I have nothing super critical to say about this film that I couldn't say about every single B-movie out there, which is, <laughs> oh, you know what? Yes. Some of the CGI isn't as good as you'd like. Some of the sets are a little obvious. We mentioned the choreography before. You know, it could be better if they had a bigger budget. So there's there's nothing that I can point out that they could change on the budget they had, which is yeah. 
if you have listened to three episodes of this podcast, you know that I can point out a lot of things very, very easily. Usually, uh, this movie's trust just, me. Yeah, we'll find it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I think that like my my biggest complaint, if you could have a complaint about this film, is just literally centered around the actors. Oh. In which that like I don't necessarily think that Matt Mercer is a great actor. I just. I've heard him when he's voice acted. I've seen him on Critical Role. If you guys don't know who Matt Mercer is, Google him. But he just has like an overwhelming amount of confidence and presence in these movies. And I I don't know if that's because they like when they got him on set, they were like, all right, dude, you're the big bad evil guy. So just go ham. Like, don't just go hard. Ham it up. Like, take a little bit of camp and then just turn the serious knob as far to the right as you can and then just go. You know, these guys are B movie actors, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on them for that. You know, they are who they are. It's their job. It's their career. But there's just like a there's this weird stark difference between when Adam Johnson is delivering a line, <laughs> and then like Matthew Mercer in like the very next scene is like, "I will feast upon your soul slowly." And it's just like, ah, dang man. <laughs> just well, I don't know. Like it's that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know what it is. But I just, he's just a, he's such a presence in this movie. He yeah. kind of overwhelms the other actors, which may have been the goal the whole time. Well, he is the you know? only villain playing off of a, a an ensemble good guy cast, yeah. right? He's got to play opposite everything. And honestly, I mean, he really, besides the finale, he has scenes with himself and he has scenes with Melanie Stone, who plays our lead Merrick. They play off of each other very, very well. He does a great job. Yeah. You're right. I mean, he is a voice actor. He is, I mean, Critical Role has probably given him more, has given his career a boost more than any of his other work, but he does great. He, yeah. he like you said, he hams it up. I don't, I don't really have a complaint about anyone's performance. I mean, Melanie Stone is peak Merrick right now, really into it. Uh, Jake Stormone is uh, Stormian, Storman as Dagan. I'm very sorry. As Dagan, fantastic, believable the entire time. Loved it. Nicola Posner as Tila slash Anisette. And, and the small changes in her in her body language when she would speak as Anisette versus Tila was fantastic. It would have been easy to just go deep voice or, or something, you know, yeah. Marina Sirtis style. But she she takes that extra extra step, that extra level. I think the only person who doesn't really get the room to to act beyond or how do I put that? Not to act because they're all acting, but to really push the boundaries a little bit is Adam Johnson as Thane. I think Thane is Thane, which is fine because I think last movie he was a very, very much not Thane, and which was good. He was dealing with grief, and you know we see him become the Paladin. We see Tila get resurrected and become part god, essentially, or possessed by a god for this entire film. <laughs> Speaking of progression, Melanie Stone starts off the film having looted the Admiral. This is wearing her clothes. Uh, there's a bit where I, I wrote down in my notes, Dagan gets in-game loot. And then he immediately he loses his set bonus. <laughs> they're in the scene when they're um, they're in the, I, I guess they're in the original city that they were, which I don't even remember the name of it. Yeah. But they're they're in archives, which are underneath the city. And so like the whole time I was like, okay, Jason Fowler and Kynan Griffin. If you guys are going to write a story based on the Skyrim Thieves Guild, just try not to wear it on the sleeve. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
he's wearing like guild. He's wearing the armor from the game. Like he's wearing. It. Yeah, he's wearing the guildmaster <laughs> armor, and he has the sword. Yeah. And then yeah, it's very much well. In it, in their defense, Lord of the Rings or the Elder Scrolls series aren't exactly original when it comes to their basic props. I mean, they're basing it on real sure. life medieval stuff. So if you base right. your stuff on real life medieval stuff, you're immediately compared to it. There's there's but, very little to get around there. That's fair. But Skyrim came out 10 years ago. (laughs) And the people who watch these movies are probably people who have played the game. And they're just going to be like, hold on a second. I've been here. Yeah. And there's even a guy, I think, there's a guy with the name Mercer in the Thieves Guild. (laughs) Nice. Skyrim. So that's fun. That's probably a full circle reference right there. (laughs) I think we don't have to really give the plot away. Because the no. blurbs already do, yeah, pretty much. And I feel like um, if this is a, if you guys, if anyone's interested in watching this movie and you haven't, again, go watch the movie. But I'd like to talk about the character progressions of this film from the first movie till now. Oh, for the all five, okay, yeah. So I, I think when I've, I've talked about Merrick in the past, I, I think rightfully so, she has the most character growth out of all of them. She starts out as a, a bound slave with. A cursed foot. Well, she's she's got a deformed foot, I guess, because she was born yeah, well, with it. So, well, they call it a well. They end up calling it a curse in this movie. So, who knows? Sure. But she starts with that. She earns her freedom. She becomes this strong, independent person. She realizes who she is as a human. I think she does it in the third movie, and then we get the rest of uh, that in the fourth and the fifth. Dagon, I think, has had an astonishing amount of character growth. He ends up being the guy who sacrifices the most. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's really neat. We get this guy who first comes across as a thief. Then he kind of turns into like the party scoundrel. Then he becomes problematic, and then they kind of bring him back into the fold, and then he really you know graduates right like he sure he's no longer like i mean he's still a trope <laughs> right because he's still the the reformed now i want to say villain but the reformed criminal right who who earns the respect of his compatriots in the in the world at large right yeah for sure i think thane actually had a lot of growth in this movie which i think is astonishing because he didn't really have any in the first three and he really moved along in the fourth in this one in my opinion I would disagree a little bit. Okay. I don't think he's had very much growth at all. Like he, his, all of his character growth is really just him and Tila's relationship. That's it. Yeah. He immediately pledges himself to Merrick because Merrick saves his life after, well, which was weird because he saved her life in a brawl. (laughs) That's the first movie. Go watch it. And really he, his whole identity, his whole character progression is centered around Tila. I mean, he becomes the paladin of Anaset because Anaset possesses Tila. Like that's yeah. well, he also it. becomes the commander of of a city. Well, we don't like, see a, that. A, a, a city's yeah, well, I mean it happens off screen, right? But he becomes the defender of a city's defense force. People are looking to him in times of crisis. But would he have that position if he wasn't teamed up with someone who could literally bring people back from the dead? Look, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying he's had a lot of progression over the last two movies. Sure. Which he had little to none in the first. Three. I mean, he wasn't really in the third one. Yeah. <laughs> Tila! And then, of course, Nicola Posner, the great Nicola Posner. Number one, number one. <laughs> I, I, the most appearances on the Sci Fi Wise Guys podcast by far. Uh, <laughs> by an order of magnitude. Yeah. I think she like kind of re- like she kind of reverses courses back to who she was 
before Anaset, like even before that's no longer a thing. When we first meet her, she's like confident. Mm. And then she kind of loses that confidence as in the first two or three movies. And it, I mean, she loses it completely in the third. Yeah, she has a crisis of faith. Yeah. And then in this one, like even when she's doing what she's doing, she's like unsure. And, uh, you know, I think that that's growth one way or another. Oh, for sure. I thought that was really fun. But yeah, I, I was really interested to see across five movies how these characters grew. And I think maybe even Matt Mercer himself, Zorlock, could get some character growth for what it's worth. I don't know about that, but he becomes more evil. Yeah. <laughs> He's realizing, ah, oh, I'm the evil one. <laughs> I do like the, the steady power creep with everybody. I think that Dagon was the only one that was left out up until this point. And really his upgrade is he gets better gear, which he doesn't do anything with. Merrick becomes a more powerful sorcerer. Tila becomes part god. Thane becomes a paladin. And Dagon, he got three more arrows. I mean, he was kind yeah. of overpowered in the first two movies because he was the only ranged DPS, right? <laughs> so, ranged DPS. I mean, he's just taken like when he shoots that spider. You remember? Oh, when he sure. Shoots the spider. Sure. Yeah. The spider. <laughs> and he's oh, dragging I forgot the, about spider the spider around. Yeah. I forgot about the spider. For the first <laughs> couple of movies really liked their creatures, didn't they? <laughs> Did you notice, speaking of the first couple of movies, the area of Tex Grave? It looks like the area where they opened the portal and went to go find that dragon. Like, I think that's the same little I thought that was the desert. Valley. Yeah, it's a desert. But, no, but I think like that was like a full-blown like golden sand desert. Outside of it, but you never see it from... Mm. Like, you can see like there was a dune, and then who knows what's outside that dune. Right, movie right, magic. Yeah. It just reminded me of it with the stones and the sand and that type of thing. These, I, we're pretty sure, are all filmed in Utah, right? You know, that's Aerostorm Entertainment's thing. Yeah, yeah everything's filmed in Utah. So. It's beautiful, and the area is varied enough. They're able to pull off a lot of stuff. I noticed the music more in this movie than I have in the previous ones. I did watch it with headphones, which I normally don't do, so maybe it's just more present. But I noticed the music... In a positive way, I really liked it. And I noticed the Foley as well really stuck out to me with the not just the Foley, but also the, the sound effects. There's zombies. There's no gore in this film. There's some blood, but there's if there's gore, I missed it. Like, it's very, very, very light. I don't think I saw any. But there's gore noises, if that makes sense. Like, you can hear the zombies eating things, but you don't see right. it type thing. And so it was it was very on point. The sound effects and the Foley, very on point, very well mixed. That's not something we really point out a lot in these films, because I think a lot of times sound, whether it's the soundtrack or the sound effects, is kind of just tacked on to these low budget mm -hmm. movies. It's almost an afterthought. They spent all their money trying to get these cool sets and five people into Power Ranger costumes to act like aliens and run around with a blender or whatever it was God that they, they forget that sound effects are kind of important. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a Blendmaster 5000. Yes. Oddly enough, I think this is the only the second movie we've seen where they travel to the underworld. I was trying to like in, trying to remember like in any of the movies what we've seen. Any movie we've seen, I think this is only the second time they've traveled to the underworld. What's the other one? Kingdom of Gladiators. Oh, the underworld's hidden yes. behind a waterfall somewhere. Yes, <laughs> Just walk yes, into yes. It in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, they, they like that. Well, Homegirl had to like a uh, she had to sacrifice herself, right? Well, she sacrificed herself. I, I, we're not talking about Kingdom of Gladiators. Yeah, we'll yeah, review yeah. the second one later. No. If I want to talk about actors, oh, we're there's back. one actor that I think probably shouldn't have been in this movie and mm. probably should be completely recast. And that's mm. Kristen Nairn, 
who played the god tech. Didn't like that, huh? It, well, it, just uh, not a good actor. <laughs> Maybe he should just stand there and say Hodor. It was just really bad. Like, bad. Like, when he's... like. <laughs> When he's talking, I'm like, this guy is not the god of a forge. Oh, you made it figured that out, huh? Well, I don't know if you noticed, but it's pretty rare that he's talking to someone and they're in the same shot. So? <laughs> so I do think that I, you're right. You're right. You're right. But I don't know if like I never saw Dagon or Thane's face at the same time that I saw Tech, which makes me think that. They recast at some point or they had to bring him in later for because of his schedule and he's acting against nobody or he's acting against a script and not the actual actor. So he's he's a little handicapped there. Now, you're right. A lot of the actors we watch wouldn't be handicapped by that because they're used to it. <laughs> I mean, it's just no different than being on a stage or just doing green screen work for Game of Thrones. But whatever accent he was going for, it just didn't work for me. He's Scottish. Is that not his accent? Uh, well, that. I, I don't care. <laughs> he's Northern he Irish. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. He's Northern Irish, not Scottish. I'm sorry, he, everyone. He just, you can put your keyboards down. He just did. I, I just don't think he did a very good job. That's all. I just. Fair enough. If I have a complaint, the, maybe you should recast that. Yeah, it did yeah. feel kind of like a celebrity casting. Like he's big. Like he's a big dude. Like he's sure. imposing. He just. But you already have Hercules to fill that role for the one scene he's in, you know? Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about all that either. It could have yeah. been, it, I mean, it, it literally could have just been Adam Johnson in a mask. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or it just, it could have been the, the guy who played Hammerhead. Why not? Yeah. Like, it could have, it could have been a lot of people. You're right. Yeah. He's You're the right. God of the Forge. Why wouldn't you have a dwarf play the God of, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm getting upset. Like, we've talked about the lack of dwarfs in this. <laughs> There's more orcs than there are dwarves in this yeah. series. And it's, uh, it's not good. It's ridiculous. There's more zombie girls than there are dwarves. I think there's an even number, but yes. <laughs> how did you, how did you like blonde Tila? Have we seen her blonde in anything before? We know we've seen her like with like highlights or like brunette into blonde, but this was blonde, blonde. This is. I have seen a picture of her in blonde hair. Okay, it took threw me off for a moment. In one of the Hallmark movies that she's in, mm. I was like, hmm. and then I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of a crafty Christmas romance, I think that's the film that I'm thinking of. We should watch that. Uh, no, that's brute. That's blonde. What is it then? It's got to be the bookworm and the beast. Yeah, she's blonde in that. Wasn't so. Beauty also a bookworm in the? Anyways, <laughs> anyways, I liked I liked this movie a lot. I liked the plot a lot. I liked the cinematography. I liked that they got rid of the wagon pretty quickly. I liked Zombie Girl's little appearance. Like not just talking about the the sting at the end, but actually like Zombie Girl makes me laugh like her um and i like that they called her zombie girl because they don't know her name so they just call her zombie girl like they could have yeah. given her anything they could have gave her a name no big deal but you know it is what it is random princess random princess <laughs> this yeah. movie did out of all of the films in the mythica series i feel has the most similarities with lord of the rings except okay. for maybe the first one with all the walking because like the show, the final showdown is in an Isengard esque wizard room, right? Uh, there's it's not really Helm's Deep because they can't get that many effects, but it's like we're barricaded in here and there's rain and they're coming through, arm everyone. Like it was very much like that style of thing. And I know that Lord of the Rings doesn't have a monopoly on those things, but I just like okay, I, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this. Yeah, I, 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 that tower. I'm not sure. 
what that tower is that they're in because it looks like the because i think like they call it battle spire or something like that or war spire or something like that it's like a rock sticking out of the ground yeah and then they cut to that and i'm like okay cool that's neat and then but dagon's like running somewhere no i think that the rock out of the ground and the tower that matt mercer's hanging out in uh, Zorlock are two different two different places. Yeah, I just they they look very similar, and it was confusing mm. for me for a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, get it together, John. <laughs> sure, he's the director. He's in charge of these things. Yeah, I really don't have anything else. Oh, I have something else. Uh, well, I was gonna say in, anything related to the movie as it exists in the medium. Mm. So, but what else do you have? I want to point out that your idiot of the movie for the Iron Crown was Gojin Pai, Hercules, <laughs> for getting himself yeah. killed. But it turns out that he did that on purpose in order to control Zorlock from the inside when the time was right. I think what he said was it it was a possibility. <laughs> it was a possibility. And he rolled those dice just like Doctor Strange did years later. Zorlock, I'm here to bargain. Years later. Well, I was referring to... Yeah, anyways. My idiot of the movie, last movie was Merrick for giving away the Iron Crown. And I want to point out this entire fifth film <laughs> is all about the consequences of that action. So they they knew, she knew, idiot. No, it all worked out <laughs> in the end of the day and we were both wrong. But I'm going to point out, they got a whole movie out of my Idiot of the, uh, idiot of the Movie award. All right. Who's your idiot of this movie? Probably Anisette. Yeah, I want to say Anisette. Yeah, I think, that, I think that jives. I think that's good. She... Doesn't trust her. Who do you call the person you're possessing? Your possessee? possessee? I guess. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't host. trust her possessee. Host. There yeah. you go. She doesn't trust her mortal host. She doesn't trust Thane, her paladin. She attacks Merrick and pushes her towards Zorlock. Now it all works out, but it didn't have to, right? And because of that, all the other gods get murked. They're all dead. They all went out like a bunch of chumps. We didn't even see him. Like, yeah, they went out kind of in a cutscene. They were kind of like, they were slightly less present than all of the Force ghosts at the end of the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> at least we get to see a couple of them, right? So maybe slightly more present? I don't know. Hmm. Leads to her own death. All of the gods are dead. Good riddance. But if she had just trusted in herself, her own decisions, and having this host and this paladin, and then trusted their word, the gods might be alive. Are you telling me that she didn't have faith? Yeah, she didn't have faith. <laughs> the goddess of whatever she is. Does we even know what she's the goddess of? She's just a uh, goddess. She's got owls and healing powers. I, I think it was healing and purity. I think that's Well, the, she wasn't very pure, of. was she? Well, she didn't set a very good example for her one <laughs> follower who also shared a body with her. Let me go ahead and pull up the, uh, the Mythica, the series wiki. Does that exist? Yes, it does. Uh, Shoot me a link. See, it just says that she was a goddess. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. She would have been a bad believer if she was mortal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so yes, my idiot of the movie goes to Anaset. Okay. How about you? I'm gonna go with Zorlock. Okay. He fell victim to the classic blunder. Hmm. Put your opponents down. <laughs> Do not give them a chance to get back up. How many times does this have to happen before these people figure it out? Look, you know, yeah. He even says it like any who 
goes against my rule must die. And then he just like kind of force pushes these people around and then he steals Anaset's soul, which is funny because he said he was going to enjoy it slowly and it takes like 15 seconds for him to do it. So Not even, but yeah. A, he's a liar. Well, he's the bad guy. I think they establish he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, at least be honest, man. No, but he knocks them around and then while they're like, while they're just laying around, he just kind of stand in there. You know, yeah, sure, he's sucking the souls out of people that are just minding their own business. But, you know, he he did it with one hand, and then he did it with the other hand. And then he stops sucking Merrick's soul out, so he has a free hand. So we already know that he has the ability to do more than one thing at a time, and he just lets them, he just lets them live. And I, maybe without the encouragement from Tila and, and Thane, maybe Merrick doesn't get back up to swing that hammer. Maybe she doesn't crush the dark spore. But you know what would have prevented her from doing that? If he had just killed them all when he had the chance. Sure. But he didn't. Sure. Bad, bad guy. So, You know what else Merrick could have done in that instance? Do you remember when she briefly had the ability to teleport? <laughs> well, she didn't have her staff anymore, right? Is it staff what gives her that ability? Uh, maybe. Or I didn't see in a component pouch on her. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have to go back and watch the fourth movie. Uh, plot hole. Plot hole. Plot continuity hole. Right here. We got a right continuity here. here. Would you be up for a Mythica movie marathon? <laughs> I mean, like, not tomorrow. <laughs> no, not tomorrow. It's a weeknight. It's a school night, bro. We can't be doing that. No, would, I mean, not not today, not tomorrow, but I mean, sometime in the, the near-ish future. We could do a we could do a rewatch. I would be interested in seeing how like because I've not rewatched any of these movies. I've seen them one time, which okay. holds true for I think every movie that we've reviewed minus the FP movies. It's because I don't have time, right? We're we're on to the next thing. Maybe I get stuck watching one of the TV shows we did a pilot for, whatever that is. Especially recently, doing all of the uh, the lower decks episodes. But it might be be interesting to go back and watch them more closely together. And I have a different opinion about this movie or that movie. Maybe the Iron Crown's not as bad as I thought. That type of thing. I don't know if that's something you'd be interested in in doing as well. Maybe. Okay. Got maybe. a solid maybe out of Chris. Solid. Hey. Maybe. It's it's more than most people get. That's true. What is. Now that we've seen all the movies, who is your favorite character out of all the characters that have been in the movies? Oh, Merrick. Okay. For sure. Yeah, hands down. I mean, and it's probably a byproduct of her having the most screen time and the most character growth. We've talked in the past about the other films where the first one feels like a movie about Merrick and then it becomes ensemble and then... It does this and that. And now it feels like this last movie feels like another Merrick movie, but it felt appropriate. Okay. So, yeah, she's definitely my favorite character. What about you? Uh, I think it's still Swole Cole. I forgot about Swole Cole. Oh, no. Swole Gosh, Cole abs. showed up in the uh, showed up in the credits <laughs> for a moment. Abs for days, baby. So many. I didn't know you could have that many abdominal muscles. <laughs> he must lift rocks all day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an exact line from the movie. I think it might be. Thane had that brief stint as comedic relief, and he was the best at it. Like, that, he should have stuck with it. It was great. No, I mean, you're probably right. I think it is Merrick, just by virtue of being the main character. But Sure, sure. It's not like other ensemble things we've seen where the main character is just horrible and you hate them, but the, <laughs> everyone else is worth makes it worth watching. Looking at you, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> just, sorry, I rewatched that this summer. Oh. 
yeah. I don't think I've seen very many episodes of that. Uh, you were a big Friends fan, right? You like the sitcom, the non-family oriented sitcom. You'd probably like How I Met Your Mother. Oh, no, I've seen it. Oh, you said you thought you've seen only a few. And it doesn't make me want to watch more. Oh, well, <laughs> fair enough. I think that you'd, you'd probably like it if you stuck with it a little bit, but fair enough. That is, we are not here to review random sitcoms. That is a different podcast for a different day. But if you have a science fiction sitcom that you would like us to watch, <laughs> yes, feel free to email us. <laughs> SciFiWiseGuys at gmail.com. We'll be happy to take a look. Absolutely. You can also send your suggestions to us via Twitter or Instagram at SciFiWiseGuys. You can also hit us up on the Facebooks or Meta, whichever one, by the time you're listening, if the Zuck hasn't changed name already, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. If you, you do all that, you join, you submit, you do all the cool stuff, that'd be, be, be really, really cool if you did. But what would really be cool is if you headed on over to your podcasting platform of choice, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. And if uh, you actually write something in the review, I will read it on the podcast. So make sure it's not something you wouldn't want me to say out loud. Or if it is something you want me to say, <laughs> go ahead and put it in there. I want to remind everyone to stay healthy, stay hydrated, and remember that uh, I got nothing. <laughs> <Y'all> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember that y'all are loved by the hosts and the community of this podcast. I was going to say, don't give... Don't trade the dark spore for a crown that don't do nothing. I mean, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Bye, guys. If Matthew Mercer shows up at your door asking for stuff, just say no. <laughs> Thanks, guys. a mythica thing on metacritic for microsoft game studios wait what it's canceled there was that game that oh no no that was something else what was what almost had what had a game age of the living dead mythica was a never released massively multiplayer online role-playing game oh that's not related to this at all there's no canceled in 2020 or 2004 yeah that yeah definitely not related to this at all uh based on norse mythology underdeveloped by mgs yeah Mythic claimed that in the lawsuit, the terms Mythic and Mythica were so close to cause customer confusion, thus infringing on Mythic's trademark. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I, I would assume so. Fair enough.